0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. Welcome and thanks for joining us tonight. The Biden executive order count is somewhere approaching 50 now. If it's not there already, it's hard to keep up for those of us who have other things to do. But when signing a new stack of orders on immigration, Biden shuffled around some note cards and said this.
2: I want to make it clear. There's a lot of talk with good reason about the number of executive orders that I've signed. I'm not making new law. I'm eliminating bad policy. Um, what I'm doing is taking on the issues that 99 percent of them that the president the last president of the united states issued executive orders i thought were very counterproductive to our security counterproductive to who we are as a country particularly in uh in uh in the area of immigration this is about uh how america is safer stronger more prosperous when we have a fair orderly and uh humane legal immigration system
1: Now, the bad policy he says he is eliminating are basically anything relating to America First policies like energy independence, border security. But it's hard to be upset at Joe Biden because it's clear he really doesn't have a clue in life what is going on, doesn't know what he's signing. Luckily, he has no cards there to tell him what to say. And then he heads back off to bed. shuffles off, as I've said many times. I've said many times also that Biden has been taken advantage of and that this is conclusively elder abuse. His family, his friends, the Democrat Party and their allies in the mainstream media should be ashamed. And speaking of the mainstream media, we have a fake news alert tonight. Over at the New York Times, if anyone still actually reads it, you can find this headline says, how the Biden administration can help solve our reality crisis, these steps, experts say, could uh, prod more people, I'll get it out, uh, to abandon the scourge of hoaxes and lies. The New York Times columnist Kevin Roos spoke to several experts and their recommendations for solving this reality crisis, and these include... Setting up a truth commission, similar to the 9-11 commission, to investigate the planning and execution of the Capitol siege by white supremacist groups and far-right militias. And if that doesn't sound creepy and dystopian enough for you, the next recommendation is to create a reality czar, a reality czar, to head up the federal government's response to the reality crisis. I'm just trying to make this make sense while I'm telling you about it. The next grand idea of theirs is a social stimulus, which is a series of federal programs to encourage people to get off their screens and into community-based activities that could keep them engaged and occupied. Maybe they could try, I don't know, opening restaurants and bars, letting people actually socialize with people they choose to socialize with instead of keeping them where the government would have them be? Oh, it's just a thought. Next is to run what they call de-escalation ads online. This would target high-risk potential violent extremists with empathetic messages about mental health and mindfulness. Is that word empathetic or empathic? I always confuse those two words, whichever one it is. I'm supposed to know because I studied this my whole life, but I don't still. Anyway, and finally, they say the government needs to see the social media algorithms and how they work to push information around to different users online. Now, I bet Mark Zuckerberg absolutely loves that one. And we can guarantee that will never happen as long as Biden or Kamala Harris is president. We have more on this dystopian plan from the New York Times coming up. But first, let's head on over to our hosts and correspondents around the country. We have Nick Ballacy. He's sitting in for Kerry for a few days. Nick, what are you working on today?
3: Hey there. One of the stories we have up at Just the News in Congress is the Democratic-led House and Senate have voted in favor of starting the budget reconciliation process for President Joe Biden's. $1.9 trillion coronavirus stimulus proposal. In the Senate, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona voted with the Democrats in favor of the resolution. PA Republican Senator Pat Toomey wasn't present for the vote. Using budget reconciliation allows Democrats to pass their coronavirus relief plan without relying on votes from Republicans. GOP lawmakers have criticized Democrats for proceeding with this process instead of seeking bipartisan input on additional coronavirus stimulus funds. Large-scale relief bills for coronavirus were passed last year with votes from Republicans and Democrats in the GOP-led Senate with former President Trump in office. Republican senators like John Barrasso say the reconciliation move conflicts with Biden's message of unity during his inaugural address. Senate Democrats are tying a $15-per-hour federal minimum wage hike to the coronavirus stimulus plan. Back to you.
1: All right, thanks so much, Nick. And I want to head out to our Real America's Voice, R.A.V. West Coast correspondent, Amanda Head. Amanda, I saw a story out there of San Francisco. It was hilarious, yet disturbing, and that's the way a lot of things are. There's just that juxtaposition on everything. People fell for a fake opportunity to get a blue verified checkmark for their homes please say this is fake news how much how much will people do for their 15 minutes or 15 seconds of a checkmark fame it's unbelievable
4: i'm going to try to get through this without laughing yes gina you used to live here you know how some folks in california are like so pathetically desiring of validity and clout and you know points with their neighbors yes people actually fell for this so it started with a tweet by a san francisco artist named danielle baskin um and she put out a tweet saying that you could get this blue check mark on your home if you were an influencer a public figure or you represent a brand. Now this obviously was a parody, this was such a joke, but she had 495 applicants within the first few days. These people thought that putting a blue check mark on their house would validate them. Now here's the interesting thing behind this. So so blue Checkmark home, she actually built a, a website and on the landing page, interested applicants are prompted to, to submit their name their social media accounts and an email address for review. They are then either approved or rejected, but if they are approved, there was supposedly a $3,000 fee to get this check mark on your home Uh, It said that you must be a homeowner who is also a thought leader. Uh, You identify yourself as an athlete or member of a professional sports league who has been featured in gaming publications, or you're a famous actor desiring your own blue check. Uh, You have to have at least least five production credits on your IMDb page. This was all a joke, but 495 people fell for it before she shut it down and said, hey guys, wait a minute, this was obviously a joke.
1: Who in the world, I mean, the bottom line is most people who have actual blue check marks online do everything they can to hide their actual homes and addresses. So uh, this is why that doesn't make sense uh, past the smell test, but I can't believe people fell for it. It's California. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Amanda. We appreciate you letting us know of further leftist lunacy over there on the left coast. Let's head over to someone who deserves to have a blue verified check mark on his house, but he's too humble to request it. That would be Joseph Weber. Actually, that was in my prompter, Joseph, and I would never subject you to a blue check mark on your house because that would be a cruel thing to do because then people would stalk you who didn't agree with the uh, truthfulness that you publish every single day over at Just the News. Joseph, what are you working on today over there?
5: We're working on a bunch of things. One of the things that's the most interesting is this morning, uh, Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer announced on the Senate floor that he had reached an organizing resolution with uh, Republican leader Mitch McConnell about how um, they are going to divide the committee assignments. Now, that might seem like a pretty wonky to people, but I know that your viewership is one of the most politically astute in the country, but nevertheless, just one quick civic lesson. Uh, whoever decides has control of these committees sets forth the agenda for you know the next several years in terms of what issues they're going to call for hearings, who, who committee members are going to come up, and more importantly, you know what legislation they're going to vote on, and will eventually get to the floor. Now, what they've done is go back to a resolution back to 2001 when they split 50-50 like it is now, in which there's going to be equal amount of number of members on each committee, Republican and Democrats. But in the case of a tie, the vote still goes to the House until still goes to the Senate floor. So that's how that that worked out. Now these guys, I don't know if you want any anymore, but they've been haggling. For weeks now, since the January 5th uh, election special runoff there in Georgia, in which two Democrats won and that split the majority 50-50, the first big issue was whether uh, the Democrats were going to continue to allow this uh, keep their 60-vote um, filibuster. McConnell said he wouldn't do it, uh, have any agreement unless they put it in writing. But finally, two senators, uh, the aforementioned Kristen, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, said, "We'll keep it." Uh, so McConnell backed off. He considered he got what he wanted. Schumer said he won. So. Bico on in washington in that respect do I have Mr. time to Weber. ask you a question
1: Pardon? oh sure <laughs> what's, the, what's the what's
5: the what's the response from the ground to governor DeSantis's, uh you know proposal to lay it down on uh, social media have you well, heard well i much? love
1: it when i love it when uh, people turn the tables on me uh, of course everyone in my circles everyone that i hear from in florida absolutely loves this kind of leadership where Uh, You know, DeSantis goes against uh, sort of the the dystopian tide out there that seems to be pervasive in the rest of the country. So, yeah, people like it a lot.
5: Thanks for your on-the-ground reporting. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Joseph Weber, thank you so much for coming on today. And coming up, the naval, cable news ratings are out, and you won't believe how bad the numbers are at CNN during the first week of the Biden administration. We're going to tell you coming up next, more Dr. Gina Primetime after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. So glad you are with us tonight now don't forget if you are watching us at rav tv make sure that you check out our podcast at justthenews.com you go to the little hamburger up in the left-hand corner and you look for podcasts and then you click on podcasts scroll down you'll see my face Archachina Primetime podcast and make sure you listen there. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, find us so many places, Dish TV. You can find us in Roku, on Pluto, on Physio, on Amazon Fire. You name it, you can find us. Like, Like our founder likes to say, if you have glass that looks like this, you can find us. All right, we start off this segment with a fake news alert. It's bad news for CNN, I'm afraid. The ratings for the first week of the Biden administration, they're out. And here is the headline over at the entertainment site, Variety.com. CNN primetime ratings fall back to earth in first post-Trump week. CNN's primetime ratings have crashed 44% in the first week of the Biden administration. CNN was doing pretty well during the Trump years. The Russia conspiracy theory of Trump working with Russia to rig the 2016 election gave them a lot of viewers who turned in each day to see a new fake anonymous leak from the intelligence community, confirming that Trump really was a Russia agent they said. And they also enjoyed watching the pandemic death tally rise each day. They had the tally in the little corner every day so they could blame each and every death from the Wuhan, China, CCP virus on none other than President Trump. And that was a big ratings boost, too. And President Trump warned them. He said, got to watch what you wish for, folks, because now they are praising each executive order and playing Jin Saki on repeat. And guess what? Nobody wants to watch Coming up, uh, we are going to tell you all about that, and I have with me right now uh, my guest in studio from Actionable Intelligence, Eric Gritens. Eric, I'm so glad to have you. Um, you know, it is true that Donald Trump did try to warn them, and it is true uh, that, you know, a lot of people, you know, it is, here's one thing that is a fact. Yeah in 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 the years where you have a republican president mm-hmm. you will see a ratings boost on the more leftist okay. networks and yeah. on the years where you have you, look Fox News was practically born during the Obama right, years, right. right? So we know this. This is true, and we're not altogether upset. Our numbers have exploded <laughs> yes. uh, since since o. Biden. From that perspective, anyway, some of us aren't happy with who's president. Doesn't matter. You know, we're here to report the news. Yes. It's just a fact that that yes. happens. But CNN really is taking a beating for this, and and a lot of people say your true ratings are the ratings you have when you're not. Uh, it playing offense do you believe that
0: yeah look I think what's clear now is that CNN only had those ratings because they were out front spewing lies about President Trump as you pointed out for years you had this Russia collusion hoax narrative for years they'd be playing leaks from anonymous sources, and it was always the same game. CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, they have these leaks from anonymous sources always attacking the president. And that's why nobody trusted them. That's why confidence in the mainstream media is at a 50-year low. Right now, only 9% of Americans, 9% of Americans have a lot of confidence in the mainstream media. And what's happened to CNN is that their target who they went after every single day with their lies. President Donald J. Trump is gone. And who wants to watch Joe Biden? People wouldn't turn out for his rallies when he was campaigning. They kept the Americans away from the inauguration. So why should they be surprised that nobody wants to tune in to see what Joe Biden has to say? And
1: the funniest part is that President Trump called it all the He way. did, he called, called it. it all the yes. way. Um, And he probably will start performing for them before long. I think that Donald Trump is not going to stay out of the limelight for very long and he'll give them some some fodder. And uh, if I
0: may, I yes. should also say as a compliment to you is the president of programming at Real America's Voice Our ratings were going up while President Trump was in office and continue to grow because people want to come to a place where we're willing to report the stories that the mainstream media so often ignores. And you and the team here are willing to give voice to the perspectives that big tech and the left always seek the silence. And I think that's why people appreciate what you and the team here at Real America's Voice are doing.
1: Well, and you have to give credit to everybody here, absolutely, yes. but um, especially especially our founder. I think he yes. d- had, does such a, an incredible job of giving us incredible editorial freedom, yes. uh, while at the same time, Um, Making sure that we do distinguish that shows like this are the opinion of the host and other shows, such as those at Just the News, are literally that, Just the News. Very important distinction. Where other networks, they will parade people out and call them journalists and call them uh, news people when, in (laughs) fact, they're not. Um, so, So that is an important part of it. But I think one more thing that's interesting as we kind of watch all of this go down is that some of these more leftist outlets, and I'm not even going to mention the name because I have I have a particularly bad, um, you might even mention lawsuit taste in my mouth over one of them, but I noticed that they're starting to report things like the story we saw yesterday with um, them saying that Jen Psaki was asking for the questions Mm -hmm. ahead of time from the press. That wasn't reported by us. Uh, That wasn't reported by our partners at Just the News. That wasn't reported by uh, a a traditionally right-wing or even middle-of-the-line news outlet. That was reported by a left-wing outlet who I think I'll just remain nameless because I don't care for them so much because they write nasty things about all of us that are lies. Uh but they reported that and it makes you wonder, Eric, is that because they missed the clicks?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I look this is what it was and people need to remember. Used to be a day in America where people tuned in and they saw their evening news hosts, and they knew that they were getting the facts. Now a lot of these leftist outlets built their business and remember for them it was a business that was built on clicks and how did they get clicks? They got clicks by telling lies about President Trump. How did they get clicks? They got clicks by attacking President Trump, by attacking his allies. They got clicks by attacking our viewers. They got clicks by attacking people in the MAGA movement. That's how they got clicks and now President Trump is gone. They're wondering where they're gonna get their clicks. Yeah.
1: You're not gonna get clicks by by every day coming on and saying how great Jensaki is, and how how beautifully Joe Biden signed his nine hundred and eleventh executive order, and he actually found his pen this time and knew what he was signing. That's just not going to get clicks. People well, are going to get bored with that. Well,
0: they're asking him about his favorite ice cream. They're right. talking about his Peloton bike. I mean, how do you expect and the Americans? And his dogs. He has dogs. Right. They're so and, happy that and, he has and dogs. We, and we love his dogs. We're and glad he has great. dogs. That's great. Glad he likes ice
1: cream. I really all like fantastic. ice cream. What is your
0: favorite ice cream? Oh God, I. Love Love. I love a little solid quality vanilla with cherries in it. It's solid
1: fantastic. quality vanilla cherries. Okay, yeah. now I have to ask yes. you because yes. this is what you and I are <laughs> is, have it, is,
0: it, is, this, is this, Are you playing we the role just, of the we main We just team
1: digressed to such a place right now. We don't have much time, but I'm going to get to this Go on. because yes. you are the former governor of yes. my home state, Missouri, yes. Yes. and you spent a lot of time in the Missouri capital. I spent yes. 14 years there. Yes. Um, Central Dairy Ice Cream. Do you remember? Oh, it?
0: fantastic! Visit it all the ice cream time. In the
1: whole world, and That's I heard great. they're non-existent now. Someone told me they're not there. I hope that's not true. It's Shock, a rumor. Shocking. But uh, Central Dairy yes. ice cream, they had a thing called a smoothie that was anything but smooth. It was like chocolate and nuts and more chocolate and chocolate chunks and more chocolate. Yes. That's my favorite ice cream. Yes.
0: And we are proving that here at RIV, we can talk ice cream, too. And we can do it we even can. better than the mainstream and we do media better, and And we're yes. going to get
1: higher ratings on yes. that on yes. our yes. ice cream, Talk, than CNN. For sure. Governor Greitens, thank you for being Absolutely. with us. Make sure you watch his show, <laughs> Actionable Intelligence. And thank you for sticking oh, around course. with me uh, to do the show. We have a hard break. And uh, we will be right back How will we get through the next four years? We're going to tell you how Don't miss it Up next on Dr. Gina Primetime Back in a moment
4: That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana From the comfort of home That's a good blend It's time to take it easy Like answering some easy questions To get pre-qualified for a car in minutes Talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you are with us this evening. Now, Joe Biden's hand is getting tired from signing all those executive orders. I hope the White House has enough pens. It's gonna be a long, long four years. So here at Real America's Voice, RAV TV, we've realized we we need some more on-air talent to help us get through all of this and that is where my next guest comes in. He is Aubrey Shines, and he is the host of the brand new show right here on RAV that is premiering at 1 p.m. on Saturday, February 13th. The show is called America Shines. Aubrey Shines, welcome to the show. Good to have you.
6: Gina, great being with you. Looking forward to the dialogue.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you now, are you ready for these next four years? Because, you know, a lot more eyes are on folks like you and me in years where we are, um, you know, on the offensive. I mean, if you will. I mean, that's the way people think of it anyway. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm picking any fights. But I definitely feel like maybe for the last four years, uh, folks that were defending perhaps God and country and America first and things like that were on the defensive.
6: Yeah, well, we are. I kind of like the position in this regard. As long as I can, t- you know, can continue to see at least some forward progress, I think we'll do well. I-, I think that there is an awakening. I think a lot of great things are happening. And remember, I say this to all of the guys and girls out there that are very discouraged. Uh, let's remember, uh, we picked up seats in our house across states. We own the majority of the states. And we seem to be digging in as it relates to some of these executive orders that are coming through. And I think there's a great battle, but I think it gives us a great opportunity to continue to gather momentum. Gina, I think this is what we're going to see that's going to happen. And I think we will be the better for it if we continue to fight and not become discouraged.
1: Aubrey, Joe Biden has been super busy, though, signing all those executive orders. He's got to do something. And he sure does depend on those note cards. I want you to watch this.
2: And I want to make it clear. There's a lot of talk with good reason about the number of executive orders that I've signed. I'm not making new law. I'm eliminating bad policy. Um, what I'm doing is taking on the issues that 99% of them, that the president, the last president of the United States, issued executive orders I thought were very counterproductive to our security, counterproductive to who we are as a country, particularly in uh in uh, in the era of immigration. This is about uh, how America is safer, stronger, more prosperous when we have a fair, orderly, and uh, humane legal immigration system.
1: Wow. Now, it's okay to use note cards. You know, I use a teleprompter, and I have a lot of notes in front of me, too. But, you know, I was particularly struck when he said he didn't know what he was signing one of the times before he had the note card. Uh, we all know that he's been in places and he forgets where he is even when it, and when they label it for him. Um, and he these new no-card things now, uh, he depends on them a lot, doesn't he?
6: Yeah, not only does he depend, let's remember this is the same sitting president that said that anybody that would rule by executive order was more of a dictator. And he has accumulated more orders than I believe most presidents combined have. So I guess he's labeled himself as a dictator because uh, going across the aisle, really asking Americans what they really want is obviously something that he's not interested in. That's okay. Uh, I think he's going to continue to, to, in my opinion, Gina, to really develop more fodder for the fire. And I think in doing so, when Americans really begin to see the punch that they're feeling right now, for instance, at the gas pump, where 60 to 70 cents have already increased. I believe when things of that magnitude continue to happen, when we find our little precious girls that are trying out for sports, that they're gonna have to compete against men biologically that are very different than them, I think that most Americans that even voted for this president will have what I call buyer's remorse, I think is soon to happen. And unfortunately, uh, we'll have to go through a period of time where we make those adjustments but I think we will make them and we will become the better for it.
1: Compete against men, share the locker room with men, share the shower room with men. I think it's important to include in that. Um, Aubrey, you know, people don't realize that when you go into development on a show, you know the first thing that happens is I talk to you as president of programming and I say we're interested in doing a show with you then we kinda toss it over to our CEO who negotiates the deal with you if you will Uh, the whole time everybody's kind of watching including our founder of our company who has a say in everything that happens and he's amazing and and wonderful and everybody wants uh, begging for his time all the time Um, but then what happens is we start collecting things about you looking at what you do what makes you tick where your passions are what kinds of shows you would do what kind of guests you would have what kind of social media you would do how much of a team player you would be all those kinds of things figure into saying, you know, what kind of a show would Aubrey Shines have? And then we start to develop the look of it, the feel of it, so on and so forth. So I want to hear from you. Uh, where's sure. your passion? What's your show going to look like? What kind of guests are you going to have? What can you just not wait to share with your audience on your new show?
6: Well, I think you're, yeah, I think your leaning is excellent. And I think it's indicative of what I've already done. Case in point, of all the men in the United States of America, when Hillary Clinton lost, she put me by name in her book as one of the reasons. I don't think that there are a lot of guys and girls that can really see it. When I watch uh, a John Oliver, major show on HBO, I don't subscribe to it, don't like his show. But when I'm used as the brunt of the things that he does because I stand up for America, I believe in Americanism. Well, again, I think our audience is going to see that most have no idea why mainstream media they fear guys that look like me because they call guys that look like me usually white rule America and by the way yes I've been called a white supremacist I'm not sure exactly why (laughs) I don't know if that's a reflection because I happen to have a Jewish mother I'm not sure but I will tell you this I will make sure that what America has not been hearing on mainstream media they will hear it on America shines why We will shine the light on it, cultural issues, issues that really, really matter in America. I think it's going to be a phenomenal experiment that most Americans are going to identify with. And this is why I believe America has been waiting for this moment.
1: And I love the title "America Shines" because not only is it your last name, which is very clever, by the way, we had that title from day one. I remember I, I went into a boardroom with John Solomon, and we were throwing out ideas of shows and people that we thought would be good, and uh, and people that uh, you know really had the ear of important people that we thought would make for great shows. Your name came up, and this title immediately uh, John Solomon threw it out, and we thought, wow, what a great. But I love because it holds with it. Uh, really a focus on the positive and a focus on optimism that this country really does need today. And so we're all we're very excited for you. Uh, everyone here at R.A.V. welcomes you and looks forward to this show. And uh, I think the the platform that you have with this show really gives you an opportunity to um, be an, an edification of sorts and an, um, a, a, a reawakening to what is great and wonderful about this country and to bring that back. Um, And so we're super excited about that. Aubrey, thank you so much for being with us and we will look so forward to your new show. Tell everyone when and where they can watch and what to expect on your very first episode.
6: Sure, so one o'clock, February 13th, everybody tune in at one o'clock. You're gonna see, and I wanna let a little surprise be there, but we're gonna address issues that matter for Americans. Why? Because we are America Shines.
1: Absolutely. That's 1 p.m. Saturday, February 13th. Do not miss it. Thank you so much for being with us, Aubrey Shines. We look so forward. We'll all be cheering you.
6: Yeah, thanks, Gina.
1: (laughs) All right. Up next, we're going to check out the meme of the day. You won't want to miss it and so much more. So stay with us. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stick around. Hey, welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. So glad you're here. Do you remember that one Democrat congressman on the Intelligence Committee named Adam Schiff, who said over and over for years that he had access to special classified information that proves that President Trump was a Russian spy who worked with Vladimir Putin to rig the 2016 election? Yeah, well, now he wants to be the Attorney General of California. Just the news reports this: Schiff asking California Governor Newsom to appoint him to open state attorney general post, and the move would likely better position Schiff to run for California Senator Dianne Steinfein- Feinstein's. Oh, get it? Seat should she not seek 2024 reelection? Well, I have two of my favorite. California residents who suffer through <laughs> liberal craziness every single day, uh, and they are with me right now to say, uh-uh, no way. Ben Burkwam, Amanda Head, I know you're busting at the seams to comment here. Ben, I assume you are not a fan of uh, making Schiff, your new attorney general. This is really, I, I, you know, we laugh because I don't know what else to do, but the irony of this has really got to be just about mind-blowing for you.
7: Yeah, the alternative is to cry. uh, And I don't like to cry (laughs) if I can help it. Uh, And I don't like feces and needles. And I also don't like protecting criminals. I'm standing out in front of the Fresno jail, which has been having to release criminals thanks to Democrats in California. uh, First because of sanctuary policies and they claim that they're overcrowding. Now because of COVID, Adam Schiff would be just a continuation of lawless attorney generals in california and unfortunately javier becerra uh, was one of the worst we'd ever had now if you uh, add add and shift to that i think there should be i have a friend who's a sheriff's deputy we were just talking about it and there should be some sort of litmus test at least something like you haven't uh, committed treason in the last six months uh, i mean something some sort of that in, in order to be an attorney's general in california or any state in the country but it's uh, you know it's it's not surprising coming from this state it's just it's it's just sad
1: Amanda, you know, everyone knows that I lived there for a long time in California before I made my move here to Freedom, Florida. And uh, so I know a lot about the way things function. But in this short amount of time that I lived there, I often say there was a beautiful bike trail. And I remember seeing it when I very first moved there. And then right before I left, it had completely turned into a bum's wasteland, essentially, with, as you said... Uh, ben needles and uh, you know excrement and you uh, unsafe unfit for anyone to ride a bike on. You'd certainly be risking your life and health and limb. But uh, you, no one would want to ride a bicycle on it because it was so disgusting and smelled so horrendous. And so, uh, Amanda, do you see anything changing? Because I hear. Californians say all the time, they don't believe the supermajority is legitimate there. They don't believe Mm-mm. that most of the elections in California have been legitimate for a darn long time. If some sort of voter reform were to take place, do you think things would change in California?
4: Yeah, I mean, voter <laughs> absolutely. But voter reform, that's like term limits. I mean, I've always said that term limits are never going to happen because you got to have the people who would be subjected to term limits voting for or against it same thing in California you know now that they have been able to to steal this so-called supermajority there's really I, I don't know if there's if there's a trail i don't know if there's a way backwards if you can put the toothpaste back in the tube but with respect to Adam Schiff now i say this uh, in the least critical and most endearing way possible because i have a lot of friends who are attorneys but i've always felt like pretty much all attorneys have like at least a little bit of crook in them right Well, Adam Schiff (laughs) takes the cake when it comes to this. And Javier Becerra, who, when he served as our attorney general, during the time that President Trump was in office, sued the Trump administration over two dozen times. That's what he used California taxpayer dollars for. Now, uh, this, of course, Javier Becerra, Joe Biden's own HHS nominee, who he called Baccaria, didn't even know how to pronounce his own nominee's name, but you know, this is a guy who who is leaving the seat vacant. Adam Schiff wants to take it, but here's the interesting thing: contrary or or different from the Senate, you don't get to have a nominee. You don't have you don't have a situation where the governor gets to just place someone in that spot until there's an election. With House of Representatives like Adam Schiff, that seat would be vacant. Vacant. So Nancy Pelosi you know, she's kind of teetering on the edge there because she's looking at this very slim majority that she has in the House. If Adam Schiff moves over to this role, that's one less Democrat in the House for her.
1: And Ben, do, do Californians think that anything's going to change or are most people just going to, you know, move? Because that's what most people seem to be doing now. I, if I meet one person a day who has moved to Florida from California, I'll meet at least two or three every single day and the realtors I'm talking to in Florida say we don't have any inventory. Everybody in California is buying up all the houses.
7: No, you're right. Uh, that is most people's sentiment is uh, pessimistic at best in California that the, the election, as Amanda mentioned, you've got the fox guarding the hen house. You're not going to change these rules that protect Democrats uh, when Democrats are in control. And this is what we live through here in California. We have uh, super majorities in the, in the House and the Senate uh, uh, and in all branches of government in California and they're protecting themselves. Well, the attorney generals here have protected illegal aliens at the expense of American citizens and God bless our sheriffs. Uh, our sheriff in, in Fresno County, Margaret Mims, uh, constitutionalist, loves freedom and liberty and all the things, you know, the highest ranking uh, law enforcement officer constitutionally in the state of California. Uh, and she is you know fighting back against this but there's only so much you can do and so most people have unfortunately like you said they're saying the heck with it uh they're getting the heck out of here while getting's good and uh they're leaving california um you know and that's that's the question is if you leave does that cancer follow you you know if we head out of california are we able to ever stop that growth in the rest of the country and it's it's a concern i mean you look at what's happening now across the country if we lose uh, equal protection under the law if we lose equal justice if we lose the constitutional rights that we have this country no longer exists as the country that it was founded as
1: it was, it was 2008 when California passed the sanctity of marriage bill by initiative petition and That's right. when That's you right. live there you really do get a feeling for all of the real conservatives that are there I've often said it was easier to live in California in some ways as a conservative than it was to live in Missouri or Alabama, where everyone is basically a conservative, not everyone, but most everyone. Because then you you don't tend to fractionalize, you don't tend to fragment the way, uh, you know, the factions aren't as bad in California because everyone is fighting on the same team. If you're even a little bit conservative, you are conservative in California, you know, because there is no, people don't want to faction up the same way because you feel like you're so, just fighting, you know, uh, Goliath all the time. And so, Amanda, my question is, is there some way by initiative petition to improve voter integrity and, and perhaps take back California? Because I just know the numbers are actually there. When you really look at California and the number of Republicans, first of all, there are more Republicans in California, and this always shocks people, I believe than there are anywhere else in the country, if I'm not mistaken. It's some astronomical number. Um, and, and so if those, if those Republicans all got together and voted and passed an initiative petition, would something like that work? Is there some mechanism whereby voter integrity could be restored and the the shiftiness that has taken place in all these elections for all these years um... could be could be beat Yeah,
4: there is an angel on my shoulder, but I'm going to ignore that one for now because the (laughs) devil on my shoulder is saying that we need to play by the same rules. Because honestly, the worst part about all of this, and I know that as conservatives, we try to be above the fray and, you know, try to do the right thing and and always be above board on everything and make sure that we are, you know, uh, beyond any comparison or beyond any, uh, you know, any criticism. But I think that the way to combat this is to beat them at their own game the voter harvesting, all of these shenanigans that got Democrats to this alleged supermajority, I think Republicans need to play by their rules, win back a lot of these seats, and finally turn things around. And look, maybe maybe this fall, if we get the recall Gavin measure on the ballot, maybe we can get, you know, uh, somebody in there who is, is a little bit more sympathetic to these types of things.
1: Yeah, and you brought up the the recall Gavin uh, initiative, and and that obviously is is winning. I mean, it's it's very close to being almost a done deal. And Ben, you look at something like that, and you think you know perhaps if everybody were to get angry enough and were to band together to do something about election integrity, California could be. This was something I always dreamed of when I lived there. California could be uh, the state that really teaches America how to fight back. Do you think it'll ever happen, Ben? And if not, why the heck are you still there?
7: (laughs) Well, the reason I started Frontline America is for that very reason. I believe that we can win. I believe that God is in control. I believe that we are called for such a time as this to fight back. Uh, I can't tell you how long I'm going to be in this state, but I can tell you I'm going to continue to fight against the enemies within this nation and against the enemies, the evil that we're facing for the rest of my life. But I will say this. People in the state are waking up. We saw we saw that this year. We saw that with the Trump rallies across California, Huntington Beach with 30,000 plus people. You're seeing that on the border. You're seeing that all over. Demographics are starting to shift. People are waking up and the Democrats are deathly afraid of that. That is why it's an all out assault on President Trump, on freedom, on liberty, on all these things that people were starting to enjoy. That is why it is so important that we, Real America's Voice News, counter the fake news that's out there because that's really one of the biggest problems. The media malpractice that we have, not just here in California, but across the country, it's really Democrat propaganda media that we have now, uh, has been lying to people for so long. Now that people are finally starting to wake up, the, the, we have to put the, the pedal to the metal and that is starting to happen. So I never lose hope, God is in control. Uh, but I can't tell you where I'll be in six months. I will tell you that it is it's a it's almost unlivable in California now.
1: Yeah, I was driven out or I probably would have stuck around and kept to fighting the same way you're fighting. All right Ben and Amanda, you know we're approaching the end of the show but because the show is almost over that means it is time for our meme of the day Now, we have the famous Bernie Mittens pick, but this time it's President Trump watching everyone that voted for Biden slowly starting to regret their votes. Ben, you first. It's only two weeks into the Biden administration, but do you think Biden voters are already regretting their decision?
7: A hundred percent. At least the, you know, (laughs) the the half of the votes that were legitimate, I think they are uh, really starting to regret it. Uh, Nobody, I don't think anybody, even I didn't realize that Uh, Biden, the the string pullers of of Joe Biden would be so far to the left so fast. I think, if anything, that's the best thing that's happened to conservatism is America is getting to see that stark contrast. And to any of the moderate Democrats out there that still exist, I think the brakes are being put on. But the car, you know, it's like pumping the brakes, but the brakes are out. I I think their their eyes are wide open and starting to see what's really happening.
1: Right. And Amanda, I don't know about you. I loved this meme. I I think it's just absolutely a perfect answer to watching all the Bernie and his mittens that I can stand. What do you think?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I sure wish those eyes wide open had been wide open a few months ago when people were considering who they were voting for. I do think that. People are just starting to realize a little bit more what Joe Biden said on the campaign trail and how that differs from now. Obviously, he said he absolutely had a plan to combat COVID. Turns out it's literally the exact same thing that Trump is doing. He's talking about combating the kids in cages when it was he as VP who instituted that as, Jay Johnson, no, as Tom Homan, the DHS chief under Obama, said that was the brainchild of the Obama administration. The list goes on and on and on of reasons to regret voting for Biden. Uh, But I think
1: that the biggest reason is because he lies. All right, Amanda Head, Ben Burkwam, thank you both so much for joining me from the left coast. Appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. G. Thank you, Dr. Gina. All right, and now it is time for Doctor's Orders. Now, one of the toughest things in this business is booking guests. Any booker can tell you but especially booking liberal guests. I've always loved debate. I used to debate my father, who is further left than anybody I know. He is for population control and a huge supporter of Planned Parenthood. Quite the contrast to me. But we have our heated debates and then we go back to loving one another. And that's what's great about living in a society where free thought and free expression is cherished and enshrined in our founding documents. It's easy to take for granted, though, and it's especially important considering that outside the United States, there is no such thing as a First Amendment. There's no such thing as God-given free speech rights outside the United States. It's something granted by governments to their citizens until they decide not to grant that right anymore. And here in the U.S., it seems like some in our government forget that the rights laid out in our founding documents are granted by God and not by a bureaucrat or a politician. But back to booking guests for the show. Now, one of the hardest tasks, as I mentioned, is booking liberal guests. I receive 1,000 pitches a day from conservatives who wanna come on here to debate and discuss their ideas and beliefs. And we receive zero, zero pitches from liberal television guests. You would think that if leftists would love, you'd think that they would love to convince a right-leaning host or an audience that their ideas are superior. It's satisfying to win an argument and very satisfying to win converts. And I would estimate that if CNN or MSNBC called every conservative viewer watching the show right now and said, hey, will you bring your best debate to one of their primetime host shows? Most of you would say yes. I've been on those networks many times. I've debated almost every time they've asked me. And most of you would be ready to defend your conservative beliefs at a moment's notice. And you'd do a good job. But it's not the same for those on the left. The tactic of the left doesn't involve debate and discussion. Leftists seek to silence their opponents, to shame them with labels like racist, homophobe, homophobe, sexist, bigot. They want to ban them on social media, take away their livelihood, boycott their businesses, get them fired from their jobs. So here's my doctor's orders for you leftists out there. You don't have to come on this show to debate, but maybe you should work on honing your arguments and defending your side rather than silencing your opponents. And for those of you on the right, be ready to defend your beliefs when the opportunity arises to have an open discussion about ideas. And that's your doctor's orders for today. Hey, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your home for real news, R-A-V-T-V, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, and you go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody.